Chapter Ten of Tom Swift and His Airship. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. Tom Swift and His Airship by Victor Appleton. Chapter Ten a bag of tools wakefield damon glanced at mr swift the inventor was oblivious to his surroundings and was busy figuring away on some paper he seemed even to have forgotten the presence of the eccentric autoist i don't want father to hear about the men went on tom in a low tone if he hears that happy harry and his confederates are in the vicinity he'll worry and that doesn't agree with him but are you sure the men you saw are the same ones who stole the turbine model very certain replied mr damon i had a good view of them as i came from the bank and i was surprised to see them until i remembered that they were out of jail but why do you think they pursued you bless my eyes i can't say perhaps they weren't after me after all i may have imagined it but they certainly hurried off in their auto as soon as i left the bank after leaving my money there i'm glad i deposited it before i saw them i was so nervous as it was that i couldn't steer straight it's too bad the way i've damaged your house that doesn't matter but how about the trip in the airship i hope you meant it when you said you would go of course i did i've never traveled in the air but it can't be much worse than my experience with my motorcycle and the auto at least i can't run up any stoop can i and mr damon looked at mr sharp no replied the aeronaut as he scratched his head i guess you'll be safe on that score but i hope you won't get nervous when we reach a great height oh no i'll just calm myself with the reflection that i can't die but once and with this philosophical reflection mr damon went back to look at the auto which certainly looked odd stuck up on the veranda well you'd better make arrangements to go with us then went on tom meanwhile i'll see to getting your car down you want to send it home i suppose no not if you'll keep it for me the fact is that all my folks are away and will be for some time i don't have to go home to notify them and it's a good thing as my wife is very nervous and might object if she heard about the airship i'll just stay here if you've no objection until the red cloud sails if sails is the proper term sales will do very well answered mr sharp but tom let's see if you and i can't get that car down perhaps mr damon would like to go in the house and talk to your father for mr swift had left the piazza the eccentric individual was glad enough not to be on hand when his car was eased down from the veranda and disappeared into the house tom and mr sharp with the aid of garrett jackson 
then released the auto from its position. They had to take down the rest of the broken railing, and their task was easy enough. The machine was stored in a disused shed, and Mr. Damon had no further concern until it was time to undertake the trip through the air. "'It will fool those men if I mysteriously disappear,' he said with a smile. "'Bless my hat-band, but they'll wonder what became of me. We'll just slip off in the red cloud, and they'll never be the wiser.' "'I don't know about that,' commented Tom. I fancy they are keeping pretty close watch in this vicinity, and I don't like it. I'm afraid they are up to some mischief. I should think the bank authorities would have them locked up on suspicion. I think I'll telephone Ned about it. He did so, and his chum in turn notified the bank watchman. But the next day it was reported that no sign of the men had been seen, and later it was learned that an auto answering the description of the one they were in, had been seen going south many miles from Shopton. The work of preparing the Red Cloud for the long trip was all but completed. It had been placed back in the shed while a few more adjustments were made to the machinery. "'Bless my eyelashes!' exclaimed Mr. Damon, a few days before the one set for the start but i haven't asked where we are bound for where are we going anyhow mr sharp we're going to try and reach atlanta georgia replied the balloonist that will make a fairly long trip and the winds at this season are favorable in that direction that suits me all right declared mr damon i'm already an anxious to start it was decided to give the airship a few more trials around Shopton before setting out, to see how it behaved with the car heavier loaded than usual. With this in view, a trip was made to Roxmond, with Mr. Swift, Mr. Damon, and Ned, in addition to Mr. Sharp and Tom on board. Then, at Tom's somewhat blushing request, a stop was made near the seminary, and when the pupils came trooping out, the young inventor asked Miss Nestor if she didn't want to take a little flight. She consented, and with two pretty companions climbed rather hesitantly into the car. No great height was attained, but the girls were fully satisfied, and after their first alarm really enjoyed the spin in the air, with Tom proudly presiding at the steering-wheel, which Mr. Sharp relinquished to the lad, for he understood Tom's feelings. Three days later all was in readiness for the trip to Atlanta. Mr. Swift was earnestly invited to undertake it, both Tom and Mr. Sharp urging him, but the veteran inventor said he must stay at home and work on his submarine plan. The evening before the start, when the aeronaut and Tom were giving a final inspection to the craft in the big shed, Mr. Sharp exclaimed, I declare, Tom, I believe you'll have to take a run into town. What for? Why, to get that kit of special tools, I ordered, which we might need to make repairs. 
there's some long handle wrenches some spare levers and a couple of braces and bits harrison the hardware dealer ordered them for me from new york and they were to be ready this afternoon but i forgot them take an empty valise with you and you can carry them on your motorcycle i'm sorry to have forgotten it but that's all right mr sharp i'd just as soon go as not it will make the time pass more quickly i'll start right off an hour later having received the tools which made quite a bundle the lad put them in the valise and started back toward home as he swung around the corner on which the bank was located the same bank in which ned newton worked one of the valves on the motorcycle began to leak tom dismounted to adjust it and had completed the work being about to ride on when down the street came andy foger and sam snedecker they started at the sight of our hero there he is now exclaimed sam as if he and the red-haired bully had been speaking of the young inventor let's lick him proposed andy now's our chance to get even for throwing that paint and soot on us tom heard their words he was not afraid of both the lads for though each one matched him in size and strength tom knew they were cowards if you're looking for anything i guess i can accommodate you he said coolly come on andy urged sam but somehow andy hung back perhaps he didn't like the way tom squared off the young inventor had let down the rear brace of his motorcycle and was not obliged to hold it so he had both hands free we ought to lick him good and proper growled the squint-eyed lad well why don't you invited tom he moved to one side so as not to be hampered by his wheel as he did so he knocked from the handlebars the valise of tools they fell with a clatter and a thud to the pavement and the satchel came open it was under a gas lamp and the glitter of the long-handled wrenches and other implements caught the eyes of andy and his crony huh if we fought you maybe you'd use some of them on us sneered andy glad of an excuse not to fight tom quickly picked up his valise shutting it but he was aware of the close scrutiny of the two vindictive lads i don't fight with such things he said somewhat annoyed and he hung the tools back on the handlebars what are you doing around the bank at this hour asked sam as if to change the subject first thing you know the watchman will order you to move on he might think you were a suspicious character the same to you retorted tom but i'm going to ride on now unless you want to have a further argument with me you'd better be careful how you hang around a bank added andy the police are on the lookout here there's been some mysterious men seen about tom did not care to go into that and seeing that the two bullies had lost all desire to attack him he put up the brace and mounted his wheel Goodbye, he called to Andy and Sam as he rode off. 
the tools rattling and jingling in the valise, but it was a sarcastic farewell, and the two cronies did not reply. I hope I didn't damage any of the tools when I let them fall that time, mused the young inventor. By the way Sam and Andy stared at them, it would make it seem as if I had a lot of weapons in the bag. They certainly took good note of them. The time was to come, and very shortly, when Andy's and Sam's observation of the tools was to prove disastrous for our hero. As Tom turned the corner, he looked back, and saw, still standing in front of the bank, the two cronies. End of chapter 10, A Bag of Tools Recording by Bill Mosley, Bernardo, Texas, USA